0: what's going on wedding community podcast it's been a while i'm a little rusty but i am super excited to have the wedding community podcast back on the air as many of you know in the wedding industry 2021 was crazy and i think 2022 is going to be just as crazy Um, not only was it busy with business and weddings but also throwing a newborn into the mix definitely means you don't have a lot of free time But now that things are kinda slowing down a little bit, I thought it'd be a good time to finally bring back the Wedding Community Podcast. I'm super excited to start bringing back other business owners who have great stories and great knowledge to share with us. So let's not delay any longer. Today's episode, I am joined by Jason with no backlog. We'll probably talk a little bit about photo editing, video editing and outsourcing your work and why you should be outsourcing if you are not already. So let's get started what's going on wedding community podcast on today's episode i am joined by jason with no backlog jason started shooting weddings at the age of 15 which blows my mind actually we're gonna have to talk about that here in a little bit i want to I learn a little bit more about what it was like shooting when you're 15 um but jason made his way out of shooting weddings after doing it for good good amount of time i, I think i don't i don't know what the math was but i think when i read your thing it was like when you're third or like i think i don't know like 15 years or something or even more, maybe you were shooting weddings and you got out of weddings to start doing editing. So now you help operate No Backlog where they edit photography and videography um i believe you guys have worked with like over 400 studios across the globe which is blows my mind that you can manage that many people but it's awesome to hear so yeah no backlog they they basically handle all aspects of editing so whether it's just project managing all the way up to color and sound and so jason i'll let you take it away how are you doing today
1: yeah very well thanks very well thanks for having me on appreciate being here
0: Yeah, and and thanks for working with the time zone. So Jason's actually coming live from Australia, so we had to work out our time zone differences, differences, but I'm glad we made it work, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's always a bit of a challenge, but uh, my morning is your evening, so uh, not too bad.
0: Yeah, so Jason, I wanna back up what I was talking about um, being 15 and shooting weddings. So what was that like getting into the industry at the young age of 15?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say I was in the industry. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I did. I did my first wedding at 15. Um, I was uh, in a, my high school had a media class. So we, I loved and I loved that class so much. It was amazing. Um, So you got to play around with video cameras and do all sorts of cool stuff. And one of the other teachers asked the media teacher, hey, do you have any students that might be able to film my daughter's wedding? Um, So the teacher thought I did a pretty good job in the class. So he said, yeah, this this kid will do it. So I went um, with the school's equipment, uh, went and filmed uh, another teacher at the school's wedding, uh, the, the wedding of his daughter, and um, banged it together, charged 50 bucks and used this school's equipment to edit it and everything. Um, this was back in the days of mini DVs. So you had to like import the footage into the, the Mac. It was a Mac. And um, yeah, first wedding, 50 bucks. And I was happy as a 15-year-old.
0: And I'm sure it was all downhill from there, right? Best wedding you ever did, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it was a small, quaint wedding, but uh still I was like, Whoa, this is not this is not easy. This is not like going out and shooting just anything. Um yeah. but I I liked it and then the next teacher asked, you know, they talked about it in the you know, the staff room. And then it just snowballs from there. So I probably did like one or two weddings that year. And then the next year I did three or four, cause they start recommending you to their friends cause this kid's cheap. And then, um, yeah. So I, by the time I was 20, I'd probably shot maybe like, I don't know, 10 or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the back up there, you mentioned DV tapes. I know we have some people who started, In the wedding or film industry long after that i actually had to deal with those a little bit myself in college and yeah those things were a nightmare like i had so many tapes where like if you didn't black it correctly which was basically like record like a black video of nothing and then record on it sometimes it would mess up or like we'd put it in like the capture card thing and some clips would get corrupt and oh man it was like the worst thing like it's so easy nowadays just popping in an SD card hitting transfer and it's like all there ready for you so
1: yeah and it looks way better as well
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah Yeah. that footage I remember I I would try to use it in my like demo reel and stuff back then and like I'm like oh man I I go back to look at that I'm like I can't believe this
1: was in my demo reel like it's just Mm. terrible looking so Um, Yeah, well, there's a lot of Super 8 going around these days as well. And, you know, it works, you know, combined, often combined with some other footage um, looks really nice. So, yeah, it's amazing how we're going back to how things used to be a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So,
0: Jason, uh, you know, you, you were shooting weddings. About how long were you shooting weddings for when you decided to get out of it?
1: Yeah. So I, after high school, I took a gap year, traveled, um, went to uni for four years, got a double degree in management and marketing. Um, Then out of uni, shot weddings full time. So I'm like 24 and I'm shooting weddings until I'm like 28 full time. Um, So that was busy. Uh, Then I get a nine to five. I work for someone as a marketing manager um, and I work for them full time. And I'm also shooting weddings on the side. And that's between like 28 and 32 um, and I stayed with them for like five years. And recently um, after that role, I sort of exited that role because of the opportunity with No Backlog. Um, So Mark is actually the original founder of No Backlog. Um, I'm now the second owner as well. We're both Australian. We met through the video industry. Uh, We met many years before he started No Backlog. Um, So I quit my nine to five, got involved with No Backlog as an owner And, um, yeah, that was about four, four years ago now.
0: Okay. Was there like a driving force and, you know, you're still in the wedding industry, of course, but just in a different capacity, was there kind of a driving force behind that? Um, was it like you just got bored of shooting weddings or like it was taking a toll on your body or, you know, like what, what Mm kind of happened where you, you wanted to just focus on something else in the wedding industry?
1: Yeah. I liked, I liked change and to do something for over 15 years was already a long time Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it was enjoyable to move on to a different type of challenge um i i loved it and i still love shooting weddings i shot one like a couple of months ago but that was really really my last one (laughs) um uh and I, i probably will shoot at one again as a second shooter or something but um yeah so i don't shoot weddings anymore I think the main reason I got out of it was um, really because the backlog's growth was just so incredible that I couldn't feasibly rock up on a Saturday morning to a wedding with enough energy to do the job justice, you know. So I didn't want to dabble in that and you know not meet my sort of standards for shooting. So I thought, you know, time to throw on the towel, let someone else give it a go, and uh, yeah, uh, that was a good choice. Um, and the backlog's crazy busy. Uh, because you know we 're experiencing the biggest wedding season that the industry's ever handled in twenty twenty two so yeah that w- didn't wasn 't a bad decision and um, very happy that I chose to do that
0: yeah, definitely good timing like it, i don 't know how it was in like 2020 but there I know like in our area there was kind of a scarcity of weddings because everything is getting rescheduled, but it 's like all of those weddings have to get rescheduled to something, and so you know they they kind of all moved into twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two so yeah i I, don't, I know that they're saying it's supposed to be like the busiest wedding ever but or wedding season ever, but I'm definitely seeing it myself. Like it's. I don't know if it's the busiest, but uh, it's, it's definitely going to be busy. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. And 2021 was quite busy for the U.S. market as well. So, you know, no backlog services, probably more than 400 companies um, from around the world. 70% are in the U.S. So we've got a pretty good feel for the market and how busy things are. Um, 2020 was quite quiet. And then 2021 was very busy, but 22 is like exceptionally busy. So yeah, just adapting to that.
0: Awesome. So when you were uh, shooting weddings, once you kind of got in there further, were
1: you editing your own weddings? I I was editing my own. Yep, definitely for a long time. And I noticed I, I met up with a mate and he was like, oh, I found this guy in India and he's editing my wedding films now. And this was like a long time ago, right? This was in I don't know, twenty twelve or something, like ten years ago. And I was like, "Huh, that's a cool idea." Like, how much do they charge? How's the service? How's the internet connection, and all this sort of stuff? Uh, and he talked me through it, and I was like, whoa, that's cool." And then I dwelled on that idea for like multiple years. And this this friend in the industry kept doing it, and he was happy with the result, and it was pretty interesting. Um, then I found out that Mark who I met through the industry had started a company called no backlog. And I was like, huh, that's a cool idea as well. Um, The idea of outsourcing to an actual studio, not just some random freelancer that you find online or, you know, whatever. Um, So I kept an eye on no backlog for a year or two and I um, tried their service and thought, wow, this is pretty cool. Um, And that was in the early days in No backlog, which has been around now for eight years. Um, So after trying them out for a year, I thought, well, I to get involved in this business. Um, and so I already knew Mark, the owner from the industry, very casually, like I helped him second shoot a wedding in my city when he came to my city to shoot. Um, and I said, Mark, I want to get involved in this business. Let me know how to do it. <laughs> so we developed that relationship and he saw the growth and he was like, I could use a partner. And if I want to take this thing to where it can go we need two of us. So yeah, we teamed up and now seven years later, um, things are going very well. Awesome.
0: You know, you were talking about kind of, you know, this freelancer from India versus like a team and stuff. What, what do you guys do at no backlog that sets you apart from just hiring some random guy from India who sends you an email and says they can edit weddings?
1: Yeah. So I've been there. I've tried that. I've talked to hundreds of clients that have done that as well and then end up finding us. Um, There's many ways to find an editor, right? So you can meet a second shooter, you know, like a second shooter that you employ or someone that you meet in your local area. Maybe they love editing and they want to edit for you. And so you can have someone around the corner editing for you. Um, You can also go online to a marketplace like Fiverr Uh, or freelancer.com or whatever and find someone that's posted themselves as a gig worker. Um, Or you can respond to someone on a Facebook group who's, you know, said that they've got editing services available. You can go online and, you know, try and find someone or answer one of these random emails or Facebook uh, messages that we all get. Um, And yeah, you can, there's plenty of options out there to find an editor. What we realized and the reason that No Backlog, um, as a you know, studio or like an editing house is a popular model for outsourcing too, is because you're, you're working with someone that understands your business. So Mark and I both owned wedding video businesses for 15 years each. So we've got a combined 30 years experience in your position as the business owner. Um, so we understand your, like the need of the customer like very deeply. And so we understand how to solve that need. It's not just about editing. It's about the whole collaboration from start to finish and that being an efficient process. If it's not efficient, you might as well edit it yourself. You'll spend more time communicating and understanding each other and in email threads and all this all this stuff that you have to work out that it's actually just better to do it yourself. So... We built the system called Nexus ourselves with our own software developers, and that's a key part of why using the backlog makes a lot of sense for studios. Um, The other idea is that when you outsource to a a random freelancer, if they have a career change or they have a customer that starts paying them more than you do, or they hurt themselves or... um, you know, all these different reasons, or they decide to stop editing and start shooting or something, then you've lost someone that you've trained up for months or years or whatever, and you're sort of back at square one and you have to start that process again. And I hear that often, and it's very frustrating for people. So when you collaborate with no backlog, you know, you're building a profile, you're working with a team. It's not just the editor, it's a project manager, it's a media manager, it's a client support person. You, the whole team is there to support you um, and to help you uh, build something that can be passed on to another editor. Because obviously we have staff loss, um, people move on from their role with us, people get ill, um, they take a week off work. So we often run two editors on a studio, um, but even if we have one, we've built a system to track all of your requirements so that another editor on our team can step in and fill your primary editor's role within a matter of hours. And you're not training them again. Our project managers are training them again based on your requirements that we've tracked over months or years. So those are the key differences Yeah, Awesome.
0: It's kind of interesting to me because, you know, being in the wedding industry now um, for a while, I, I've, when I first started, there was kind of this stigma I'd find where it's like, oh yeah, you can't, you can't outsource your work. You can't have anyone else do your work because it's like your work, you know? And as I like, have kind of progressed and I've met people who aren't videographers so like DJs and florists and planners like I feel like they're very open to hiring you know people to help them do their tasks so whether it's you know a wedding planner hiring an assistant a DJ bringing in an associate team to do weddings for them or like photographers even outsourcing their editing I feel like it's very acceptable whereas like videographers I feel like it's not as acceptable like I don't know what it is like I feel like videographers there's just like a little bit more of an ego of our work of like no one else can do it like us like no one else can shoot like me no one else can sell sell the wedding like me no one else can edit like me so like do you do you find that's true because I feel like it is I and I find it's true because I see it in myself where I'm like that but like how uh how would you guys like kind of talk to someone like that who like feels like no one else can do it like them like what's kind of like the first like baby step they should be taking to kind of get over that i'd almost say
1: yeah we do i have that conversation with people very often um and people are correct like no one can do it like you and that's fine and we can all realize that and understand that now does that mean that you can't get help in your business no it doesn't because someone else can get you 90% of the way there. Someone else can get you you know, 90% of the way to your vision. Now the next question is, and and you can jump in and put the last 10% on yourself and that's why we give project files back and customers often accept something that's like 95% of what they want. They jump in, spend half an hour, do the 5%, put their own personal touch on it, color grade it, send it out the door. And so you can still get help whilst it's still being your film. And then the second point is, yes, Noah can do it like you, but does your couple really know? Do they really care if you do it? <clears throat> because we could provide a film that's 100% uh, great in the couple's eyes and your product is 100% great as well, but they're just slightly different. So a lot of people that work with us, um, their couple's, Cannot tell the difference between something they've spent 50 hours on and something that we've delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just have to ask yourself as a business owner where are my priorities? Do I need to edit 100% of the work that I shoot? Can I outsource maybe 50% of the weddings that I'm not so excited about or that I didn't expect a book or that I'm just stressed at this time of year? You know, should I be outsourcing just for the key busy months where I wanna keep my lead times reasonable for my clients because lead time is actually part of the delivery experience for them. Um, so business owners in this space sort of need to make those decisions. And um, there's no reason why you can't get help to getting you the majority of the way there even if you wanna have a lot of creative control still.
0: Yeah, I I think too, as a business owner, you sometimes have to define two things. You have to define what are the things that you're really good at and what are the things you don't wanna do anymore? And like for myself, I had an overlap there, where I feel like I'm a pretty good editor. I'm pretty efficient at it. I've been doing it for a long time, but I also like don't really like doing it a lot of times. You know, it's like, I, I I enjoy like seeing the final product and even putting a little bit of like touch onto it. But you know, like logging the footage, doing the multicam, syncing the footage, finding all the selects, you know, doing all that stuff. I'm just like not super into anymore after doing it for so long. And so like when I've, I've, I've looked at that, and I'm like, okay, well maybe there's a way just like you were saying where, I can have someone help me with that and they can they can pick out all the footage they can do the long form edits they can do all the stuff I don't want to do but then you know once it's like 90% there I can jump in and instead of like trying to get them to be exactly like me, I can just jump in and do a little bit of editing. And then I end up enjoying it because it's like, I'm doing the part of the editing. I like to do like the color grade and adding some sound effects and stuff like that. Whereas like all the other stuff I don't, I don't like doing. So it's better to free up my time, not doing that. So I can focus more time on my business. You know, like if I'm, if I'm stuck editing all the time, I can't be doing calls with brides or I can't be um, you know, marketing myself or whatever it is. Um, but it can go the other way. I think too, like, um, you know, if you really, really, really like editing, but maybe like you're actually super not into shooting, which I don't know very many people like that, but there are people like that. Those are probably people that you guys hire. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) but like, uh, you know, like if, if you're the other way around, it's like, well, maybe like you should be backing away from shooting and, you know, you should be focusing on editing or like, say marketing, like you hate marketing. Well, then, you know, maybe it's time to hire someone to do the marketing for you. So you can, you don't feel like you have to be forced into doing it. So.
1: Yeah, 100%. And if you're, you know, for the average wedding videographer or photographer, you know, if you're not connecting with other vendors and planners, if you're not spending time creating you know social media content if you're not providing an exceptional like service and like um you know onboarding experience for your customer and you know all these feedback loops and things that you should be doing with your customer um, if you're not doing that because you're doing mundane slow repetitive editing all week You know that's really not going to serve you well in the long term. You know, outsource those things that are simple and mundane and that take you way too much time, Um, and then get that time back to invest in your business on the things that actually make a difference to profit. A difference to profit, like um, you know, marketing, attracting the right customer, having the right brand for your business. Spend time on you know, making a new website. Really smashing the sm- the social media space and doing a really great job with that. So a lot of our studios, a lot of studios that use the no backlog come to us with that goal in mind. Hey, I have to improve these other elements of my business. If I outsource some stuff that's a bit automated, then I'll free up all this time to really improve where the you know the profit centers of my business.
0: Yeah, and it, I know it can be scary too. Like for the longest time, I held on to everything because I'm like, oh, if I I don't make enough to hire someone or like I need to just do this myself because I'll lose money or but I find like if you're really good at what you do like the work will come to kind of provide you know like I I had um someone start with me as like an intern and I've had like editors come in and like shoot or edit with me and stuff or shooters come in and like I'm always like kind of hesitant about it because I'm like oh well like I can't provide enough work for them. But it's like, what happens is they're helping you by shooting for you or editing for you or doing your social media or answering your emails or whatever it is. And then it frees up your time, just like we were talking about, where now you have time to maybe go to a networking event or like you said, connect, reconnecting with other planners. And by doing that, they see you again and they're like, oh, I'm gonna send you work. And it all kind of just like works out. You know, it's like, it, it's crazy. It's like, it's scary you have to take that leap of faith. But as long as you're good at what you do and kind of your work, speaks for itself and you know you're you're just a good person to be around and people like to work with you like it all just kind of comes together and you find enough work to you know be able to provide for that so
1: yeah definitely and there's there's things that are easy to outsource in your business and there's things that are difficult so you know you should really be doing all your custom you know for the average wedding video or photography studio shooting under 40 or 50 weddings a year and them doing most of the work the, the things that are difficult to outsource are the client relationship, um, <clears throat> the relationship with other vendors, the marketing. Yes, you can get someone to build your website, but you really need to write the website mm-hmm. um, and, and be involved in the production of that. Um, you can't be outsourcing You know, the shooting on the day, you know, it's best that, you know, you're the brand probably. So you should you should be there. Um, Yes, you can have second shooters and associate shooters. And that sort of happens once you get over the 40 or 50 wedding mark. But the thing that you can outsource quite easily because there are systems and processes and companies like us that do it for a living is the editing. Um, And you can still it's, it's the sort of thing that happens behind the scenes. The customer doesn't see that you've outsourced. 90% 90% of it. And as long as you have put that 10% of your own creative flair on it, then they literally have no idea that you've got help. And trust me, they don't care anyway. They care yeah. much more about getting the video back in four, four, weeks instead of like 12 to 16 weeks. So they would rather have a faster service. And that's how most of our clients operate their businesses. They used to be delivering at 16 weeks and now they deliver at four weeks And the couple has no idea um, that there's a difference because they still spend that extra five, 10% jumping in and, you know, making it their own.
0: Yeah. And I think there's this uh, fear too of like, oh, like if the couple finds out, you know, kind of thing like, oh, if they find out that I'm not the one doing my Instagram posts or they find out I'm the one doing my editing. But I've actually kind of found a lot of times it's reverse where like they're kind of impressed by that sometimes because it's like, oh, wow, like they're so popular and people they're booking like so many weddings and they're working with so many couples that in order to, you know, have an effective and efficient product, they have someone helping with editing or they have someone who's helping answer emails or whatever it is. And so, yeah, like I I know myself, I've thought that too, where it's like, oh, if they find out, like they're going to, I'm going to, I'm a fraud or something, you know, like I don't, I'm not doing my own no. editing, but it's like, it is yeah. kind of the reverse. Cause you think of like production companies and usually it's a team involved to get that final commercial video or whatever it is to the, you know, the starting line and to get it out there to the world. So for weddings to be like that too, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So. Yeah.
1: Well, if you look at anyone that makes ads for TV or whatever, and you ask their production company, Oh, can your shooter come in and edit what they just shot? they'd say no way that's a shooter <laughs> that's <not an> <laughs> um so we've got editors in the studio doing that doing an editing role that shooter has no idea how to edit <laughs> yeah so you know we have this odd obsession i think in our industry that the shooter is the editor um and that's that's changing very quickly actually i would say that it's changed dramatically over the last three years uh, educators in the industry have started explaining how they outsource themselves and have for a long time and they're involved with, um, you know, promotion of those sort of outsourcing companies. And so the industry has quite quickly realized, huh, I guess I don't need to edit all my own work. And, you know, for, for the diehard editor that loves editing, yeah, of course, keep editing your own work um, and keep doing it until you're, you're having a new young family and you need, you know, those key months, you, you've got your lead times blooming out to 16 weeks, in which case get some help or if you're getting so much work that you're saying no to shooting which you can really do because it's only a day right you're saying no to shooting because you don't have editing capacity that's really silly because if you look at you know no backlog.com and look at our pricing you'll see that the majority like your cost center is not the editing service at all. You can make, you know, for every type of, um, for every job that you get, the editing is not a big expense as a part of it. So to say no to a four, you know, three to six thousand dollar project because, you know, you're too proud about your own editing. Um, it just seems like a missed opportunity to me. But, you know, that's the business person speaking. So, <laughs>
0: no, I totally agree. And it took I, I learned that the hard way, <laughs> to be honest. But it's so true. Like uh, sometimes, like we were talking about, your, your time is better spent somewhere else. And um, like you were saying, going off like the price and stuff like let's say you know it is a photographer videographer they are only charging like two thousand dollars for a full wedding maybe that's like a way to kind of encourage you to raise your price and like bake in the cost of no backlog into that price so it's like okay if it's gonna cost X for me to get this edited by no backlog I need to start charging what I'm charging plus that. And then, you know, you slowly kind of like ease yourself into it, because that's how like a business works. You know, it's like you have expenses, you you should know your numbers, you should know how much it costs for your time, your gear, insurance, all that kind of stuff. And one of the expenses, whether you're doing it, or you're outsourcing it is the editing, because it's either your time or you're paying someone for their time. So, you know, it's, I think it's super valuable to know that stuff. And if you can't afford company like No Backlog, then maybe it means you're not charging enough. And that's a perfect chance to try to raise your prices. So
1: yeah, yeah. If you can't afford our service, it means you're not paying yourself enough. Yeah, I I prefer to think of it that way, right? Because if you look at our service pricing, and then you honestly look at how long you spend making that product yourself. um, And people have to be really honest about that. They have to say, you know, when I sit down and sort of blow half an hour looking through Facebook posts whilst I'm editing, um, you know, add, be honest with yourself and add up all of the number of hours it takes to do a five minute film when a ceremony and speech is cut. You know, is it, is it 20 hours? Is it 40 hours? Work that out and then divide it by our cost. And you'll see that you're probably paying yourself much less than you think. You might think you're sitting there earning $30 to $60, $100 an hour, whatever you think you're earning, but um, you know the cost of sending it to us is well below that. So it's just important to understand that and then think about how can I fill the time that I'm you know, not editing anymore? Am I working on my business? Am I shooting more? Am I shooting different types of stuff? Am I shooting some commercial content? Am I doing another another job? Like, am I going to be a wedding photographer, videographer forever? Or do I want to be doing something else in three years from now? Maybe I should start getting into that now. Um, so, you know, not being all in on every single element of your business can make sense for some people.
0: Yeah. And you, you saying that kind of made me think of something too where, I've had so many times where I'm like, okay, this is gonna be my editing day, and to take breaks from editing, I'm gonna schedule a few phone calls, and it's like two different sides of the mind. Like it never goes well, you know. I'm like I'm like, all right, I have, I'm gonna edit for a couple hours, and I have this call with this bride at one o'clock. But then it's like I do the call with the bride, and now I'm like in kind of this like sales mindset. So then I can't like get back into editing, and I finally sit down. It takes me like thirty minutes to get back in that mindset, and then. It's like I get a phone call abruptly and I get distracted. And then it's like, I've, I got to reset again for the editing. It's like different sides of the mind. So it's like, it's nice just having someone that you know is who's taking care of that. So, you know, you, if you need to have like a phone call day, you don't have to worry about editing too during that day. It's like, that's just your phone call day because, you know, someone else has got your editing taken care of.
1: Yeah, for sure. The photographers have been outsourcing editing for a long time. Like a really, really long time. It's there's no there's nothing in their side of the industry where it's you know taboo. Yeah. In the video side, it has been taboo re- until recently, and now it's quickly changed. Um, but for f- photographers, that have been doing it forever and enjoying the benefits. Like go go to a wedding and chat with a photographer and they're having a great time. <laughs> they're very chill, they're very relaxed. They know that you know, if they're outsourcing, they're not dreading going back to Monday to Friday and sitting there in front of the computer editing all week. <laughs> they have much better work-life balance. Yeah. Chat with the photographer that outsources their editing and you'll soon understand the value of that work-life balance that you can achieve through outsourcing. Um, and once again, you don't have to outsource everything. Just outsource the projects that you're not super pumped about that you're like in the, in the busy season, you know, there's all these reasons why you only have to outsource a certain percentage of the work. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome.
1: Um, so if
0: someone was interested in um, working with you guys, Jason, like what is like the lead time they should have? Like, is it, is it like, okay, I, I'm, I'm super overload with my backlog. I reach out now or like, should they be like planning this ahead of time? Like what, what do you find is like the best time for them to start con- connecting with you?
1: Yeah, so the post-COVID world is different to the pre-COVID world (laughs) Uh, in every supply chain, including ours, apparently. Uh, So it's very busy. Um, Previously, we recommended reach, like pre-COVID, we recommended reaching out to us before the wedding shoot um, in order to get a really good turnaround to take the stress out of outsourcing. So you've got time to do a proper feedback process with us Um, You don't have the client on your back asking for the project. So even before COVID, we were saying, book us before the wedding. And that used to mean like, you know, two months before the wedding would be nice. These days, it's fundamentally different. So we've only got a certain number of editors and we have hundreds of clients that have learned to book us in advance. So most of our clients book their entire year in January. So they'll book all of 2022 already. And so that means that the available editing allotments get reduced pretty quick. Um, So what we recommend is starting that relationship or that collaboration with an editing partner as soon as you are thinking about outsourcing. Start researching, start looking, start start chatting with the, the freelancer or the company that you want to work with. So start that relationship as early as possible and then book them as early as possible. So at No Backlog, we allow you to book uh, any any upcoming project, whether it's two months away or 12 months away, um, no payment is required until we start editing. Um, there's no commitment to proceed. You can upgrade or downgrade the product anytime. You can fully cancel if you're a couple for, for any reason you can cancel. But common reasons are your, your client might reschedule. They might cancel on you. Um you might choose to edit that video yourself. You know, we don't mind, we're not trying to lock you into our service. We just want to plan as far ahead as possible so we can give you the absolute best delivery time so that we can hire appropriately and build the team that we need to know where we're going to be in six months because we can't hire an editor and have them operating properly within a week. Uh, It takes many, many months to onboard someone into our process because we want to deliver the best product. Um, and so we just, we, we will book out ahead of time. So for anyone looking for an editor in 2022, you should be contacting them as soon as possible and trying to book them as soon as possible. Um, for for many reasons, just because everyone is going to book out. So you don't want to be in that position where you'd love to outsource, but you can't because you are too late. Yeah.
0: And uh, I can't imagine what it'd be like trying to scramble, like, as you're already like maybe five weddings in, you haven't even started adding any of them, like they're months away from being due or like a month away from being due. And like now you're looking for an editor because then that's when things aren't going to work right either, where, you know, they're not going to know your style yet. And, you know, you're going to be trying to rush the process, whereas kind of like easing into it, like especially like you know, for us, you know, our season is kind of like May to like November. So it's like, okay, if maybe a wedding snuck in there in March, that's like the perfect time to maybe send it as kind of like the first test run, because you know, there's not like 10 more coming up in a a few weeks and you're like scrambling to try to get ready for them. So yeah, I think, you know, taking time to get everything nailed down is like so important.
1: Yeah, yeah. You need to be, like, like any good business does, they anticipate their busy periods and they plan accordingly. And in our industry, that means anticipating the busiest months, deciding if you need help. And if you do need help, booking it months and months and months in advance of when you need the help so that you're set up for that time. Um, unfortunately, we do have clients that are new to us uh, coming to us two months after they've shot the wedding, and they say, "Oh, I'm in a rush. I need this edit within the next couple of weeks." And we say, "Look, we'd love to work with you. We're really sorry, but we're booked out for the next three months." Um, and these days, it's sort of like a rolling three months of being booked out. Um, so we don't have a backlog. You know, during that three months, we're delivering at 20 business days for most clients. So it's not that we're behind; we're actually ahead. But there's just no one available to start on your project. So we're booking out more than we previously did um, because it's a very, very busy wedding season and we're scaling and we're growing, but we can't grow as fast as demand grows. So it's just important to reach out to your editor, you know, in advance to make sure that you're securing their time.
0: Yeah. I love that you guys aren't like overbooking yourselves because yeah, it wouldn't take very long for you to have a super full calendar. So um, I have a few last kind of quick questions for you. So how many studios are you guys currently working with?
1: Uh, it's hard to track, actually. <laughs> um, look, we have a lot. So I'll just talk a little bit about Nexus um, and, and how, we, you know, how we work with those studios. Um, so when you get to, you know, we're probably the biggest outsourcing house in, in the world for wedding editors, um, sorry, for wedding studios looking to outsource uh, their video editing. Um, we are in the photo space as well, but that's a, a newer thing for us. There's some established players in the photo editing space. So we're uh, coming on board to offer a photo editing service as well. Um, But yeah, we primarily do video editing for the moment. Um, And when you're servicing 400 plus studios and the average studio is sending you, you know, 15 weddings a year, some send us 150 a year, you know, it, it just, it's a lot. So we've built a system called Nexus and that's how everyone works together in one space. You know, there's, there was no software that we could buy that did that had this solution. So we built our own. It's taken us five years to build it. We still are building it now and enhancing it and improving it and adding new features all the time. So it's the place where you project manage your pro- post-production. So as soon as you, you book the wedding well in advance um, of shooting it, then you manage every single thing, thing uh, sorry, you manage every single thing through Nexus. So media, music notes, payments, Um, you build a profile, we've got a smart review system where you watch a delivered film and provide timestamp revision requests, you rate, provide feedback, you archive everything. You know, everything is in this system, rewards programs, complicated order forms with dozens of products. So it's all there to really offer a lot of flexibility but allow you to see us on a single page all of the projects you've got coming up their individual status and what you need to do and what we are working on so you're collaborating in that space we we don't have any emails once you get started with us you'll never send us an email again Um, so we are a zero email workplace Um, everything's in the system Um, We, the system will email you if you're late delivering an asset or if you're late with payment or if, um, you know, a new film was ready for you to watch, but generally you don't email us back and we don't communicate via email. Um, So everything's in that space, which allows us to work with hundreds and hundreds of studios and ourselves have a hundred editors, you know, uh, you know, many project managers, we have, full, we have five full-time media managers and all they do every day all day is manage media, incoming and outgoing. Um, we then have client support and you know, developers and graphic designers and stuff like that as well. So that system is where we all work so that when you outsource a video, you know the actual admin of the project doesn't take longer than doing the project yourself because that's what can happen if you don't have this type of system in place. And we learned that the hard way for the first three years of our operation. We were trying to communicate by our emails, and then we tried, you know, you know Monday.com, a software that is a project management software, and there was just no software in the industry that did exactly what we needed. Um, and now Nexus just provides the most seamless uh, connection between a client studio and our studio. And that's what it must be in order to be time effective and cost effective for everyone involved. Awesome.
0: I don't know if you know this, but it'd be kind of cool if you do. Um, How many, do you know how many films you guys have
1: edited total or like a rough amount? Yeah. um, A lot. I think (laughs) last year we edited about 5,000. Wow. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a lot, but we're still growing quite quickly. We've, we've sort of been doubling our size every year. Um, so that's through software and, you know, good service and efficiencies and, and things like that. So, um, but I just want to reiterate, we're not a marketplace. Um, you, you don't hire, it's not a gig sort of situation. We are, a, you know, a managed editing house where you don't actually work with the editor. You work with a project manager and the media manager and the client support person. The editor is typically employed with us full-time. You know, they're sitting in an office. We've got offices in Bali and Manila. Um, they've got full-time employment, healthcare benefits, like all that sort of stuff. They're not a gig worker, they work for us. Um, so they stay with us for many years. Uh, they get paid well, they, they, they love their job. Um, and the types of people we hire you know, love editing, like really, really love editing. Um, And so they stay with us for many, many years because they have a diversity of work and um, they're not, you know, a gig worker always trying to get the next gig. They come into the office, there's plenty of work for them to do. We, you know, we give our team an average of five business days to do a five minute highlight film. So no one's rushed, no one's like stressed out, um, they're all having a good time and we've through software, through scale, we've made that system affordable for the client and rewarding for um, the employee. So it's all it's all working well, but it's taken us a long time to get to that point, right <laughs> It wasn't like this in year one. it's been eight years and now things are running really smoothly.
0: Yeah. And I like how people are kind of in their lane. You know, the editor is editing, which is what they should be doing. They shouldn't be answering the filmmakers questions over email and stuff. Like there should be kind of a middleman so they could just focus on what they're really good at, which is editing. And so I love that kind of have everyone structured in their own lanes and that's what they stick to.
1: Yeah. You just have to do that. Any, any business does that, right? Um, that's operating at scale and operating efficiently, uh, efficiently. So we, we work hard on that. And, you know, we don't do that for any other reason, except to deliver a fast experience, deliver a good quality product, and deliver it cost effectively. Because every dollar that people spend with us, we know it comes out of their pocket as a small business owner. And you just have to make the service as affordable as practical. And it's not dirt cheap, we do charge, because we You know, we do a good job and you will find someone on Fiverr cheaper than us, but they've been editing wedding videos for three months and they won't respond to your emails after a couple of projects, right? So there are plenty of editing options, um, but if you're looking for long-term reliable um, collaboration with someone that is affordable, if you're smart in your business, then that's why we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of studios using our service because They've come into our ecosystem and they've learned how to make the most of it. And now they run a really sort of hands-off post-production. And yeah, they just we, we get feedback every day that people love what we've been doing. Yeah.
0: So do you guys have a go-to music site nowadays that you use all the time?
1: Yeah, so we just use Musicbed, actually. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of options with music. You can send it to us uh, specifically for that film. You can give us a library of music that we choose for that film. So in Nexus, in your profile, you can upload a music library for highlight films, for long-form films, for social films, um, and we'll choose uh, from your highlight film library for your highlight film booking. Um, or you can say, look, in the backlog can choose the music and then we, we go in and choose it from you from Musicbed and we license it. And we give you the track, we give you the license. The license is in your name as a business. Um, and yeah, you get the whole experience without paying for, for MusicBed yourself. Is there,
0: is there one song that you find that your
1: editors are always using <laughs> from MusicBed? <laughs> oh, look, I think we all go around in circles on MusicBed a little bit, don't we? <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm sure that does that does happen. Yeah, but,
0: I know. Like um, myself, I I got on like uh, I think it's Chapters. Like I think I used their whole library last year. I'm like, absolutely. oh, this song's really good, and then I'm like thinking I'm smart. I'm like, oh, no one no one uses them, and then like I go onto the Facebook groups, and everyone's always like, does anyone else use Chapters? You know, and it's like, oh, <laughs> I, I guess I did pick a pack very lot, but I guess it's a good sign. Yeah. Maybe maybe if everyone's picking the popular one, maybe it means we all have good taste. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, our team also collaborates a lot as well. So. Um, Facebook actually has a pretty good software called Workplace, mm-hmm. uh, where teams teams work together. So we we pay that is the only software that we we pay for um, Workplace, uh, where all of our team outside of Nexus collaborates like ultra fast. So Nexus, you know, it's is more about like we're communicating about this project specifically, and Workplace is like a social space. So. Yeah, that's where the team will share music and have a good time, and they're separated into groups based on offices, based on their role at No Backlog, and they have. You can see them having a good time, giggling about music choices and stuff <laughs> like that. So, <laughs> that's
0: so there's a lot of
1: collaboration within our business as well, where they share experiences, and um, yeah, we've got a very good team. Awesome. Um, so, uh, Jason, if
0: if anyone. You know, wants to reach out to you. Let's say they're gearing up for a crazy busy year this year and they don't want to do any editing. Um, how should they reach out to you?
1: Yeah, so they can go to nobacklog.com. Um, have a good look through our website. There's a, like a lot of really solid information there to help you on the start of your journey. That's not just related to us, but that's just related to the idea of outsourcing generally. Um, so we see ourselves as educators and we want to advance the idea that you can get help on your business. Um, we're one of the solutions and we hope you choose us, but we're here just to help educate the industry as well. Um, so novaclog.com you can look at pricing, you can make a, a pretend order and see exactly what it will cost you. Uh, we have a really detailed frequently asked questions. Then you can sign up for Nexus for free straight away and get instant access. You can log in there, have a look at the help center, have a look at how it all works. There's some little videos and tours you can go on to learn more about that post-production system. Uh, Nexus doesn't cost anything. Then uh, you can book your first project, whether it's in two months from now or 12 months from now. And that's where the collaboration starts. You know, you build your profile, you start chatting with our team to answer any questions that you've got. Um, Yeah, and we look forward to working on the first project with you. Awesome.
0: Well, thanks for joining me, Jason. This is great. It's got me inspired to find other things in my business that I could maybe handoff, which is exciting. And yeah, I just, again, thank you for your time. I appreciate you being on and thanks. Oh, good. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. All right. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Bye. Cool. See ya.